his face beaming with blessedness and peace. Sometimes another village would ask Unoka's band and their dancing Egwugu to come and stay with them and teach them their tunes. They would go to such hosts for as long as three or four markets, making music and feasting. Unoka loved the good fare and the good fellowship, and he loved this season of the year, when the rains had stopped and the sun rose every morning with dazzling beauty. And it was not too hot either, because the cold and dry Harmattan wind was blowing down from the north. Some years, the Harmattan was very severe, and a dense haze hung on the atmosphere. Old men and children would then sit round log fires, warming their bodies. Unoka loved it all, and he loved the first kites that returned with the dry season, and the children who sang songs of welcome to them. He would remember his own childhood, how he had often wandered around looking for a kite sailing leisurely against the blue sky. As soon as he found one, he would sing with his whole being, welcoming it back from its long, long journey, and asking it if it had brought home any lengths of cloth. That was years ago, when he was young. Unoka, the grown-up, was a failure. He was poor, and his wife and children had barely enough to eat. People laughed at him because he was a loafer, and they swore never to lend him any more money because he never paid back. But Unoka was such a man that he always succeeded in borrowing more and piling up his debts. One day, a neighbor called Okoye came in to see him. He was reclining on a mud bed in his hut, playing on the flute. He immediately rose and shook hands with Okoye, who then unrolled the goatskin which he carried under his arm and sat down. Unoka went into an inner room and soon returned with a small wooden disc containing a cola nut, some alligator pepper, and a lump of white chalk. I have cola, he announced when he sat down, and passed the disc over to his guest. Thank you. He who brings cola brings life, but I think you ought to break it, replied Okoye, passing back the disc. No, it is for you, I think. And they argued like this for a few moments, before Unoka accepted the honor of breaking the cola. Okoye, meanwhile, took the lump of chalk, drew some lines on the floor, and then painted his big toe. As he broke the cola, Unoka prayed to their ancestors for life and health and for protection against their enemies. When they had eaten, they talked about many things, about the heavy rains which were drowning the yams, about the next ancestral feast, and about the impending war with the village of Mbaino. Unoka was never happy when it came to wars. He was, in fact, a coward and could not bear the sight of blood. And so he changed the subject and talked about music, and his face beamed. He could hear in his mind's ear the blood-stirring and intricate rhythms of the Ekwe and the Udu and the Ogene 
and he could hear his own flute weaving in and out of them, decorating them with a colorful and plaintive tune. The total effect was gay and brisk, but if one picked out the flute as it went up and down and then broke up into short snatches, one saw that there was sorrow and grief there. Okoge was also a musician. He played on the ogene, but he was not a failure like Onoka. He had a large barn full of yams, and he had three wives. And now he was going to take the Idemili title, the third highest in the land. It was a very expensive ceremony, and he was gathering all his resources together. That was, in fact, the reason why he had come to see Unoka. He cleared his throat and began.